Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Today, a discussion of an issue that is alarming a lot of parents and health officials. That's vaping. Smoking e-cigarettes with the expectation they are less habit-forming and healthier than tobacco. But vaping is on the rise among young people, and that has people like our first guest concerned. Joining me in studio is Dr. Patricia Cavazos-Rigg, Associate Professor in the Department of Psychiatry at Washington University School of Medicine. Doctor, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Well, let's get right to it. Is vaping healthier <laughs> than cigarettes? Well, okay, good question. Mm. So is vaping healthier than cigarettes? Yeah. Um, the research is out there, and what we're finding is that perhaps uh, vaping is healthier than um, regular cigarettes, but it's by no means healthy. It's not a healthy behavior. Uh, most vapes or e-cigarettes contain nicotine. Nicotine is highly addictive. Uh, the Surgeon General says himself that nicotine is as addictive as cocaine or heroin. So this is a serious problem. Um, Vaping, uh, especially with the use of jewels, jewels are incredibly popular among teens and young adults. This is a, a brand. This is a brand yep. that recently came out about um, five years ago, hit the market, and now they currently um, own the the market share of these e-cigarette products. Um, so they're they're incredibly popular, um, and they contain high levels of concentrated nicotine. The uh, the kids like them. Why? Well, they like them. Why? <laughs> they are actually called the iPhone of e-cigarettes. They are sleek looking. They're um, they look like a USB port. Um, so they're pretty discreet um, looking as well. They're small. They can be hidden from teachers and parents, um, and they just look incredibly techy. Um, there's also really interesting flavors like cool cucumber, fruit medley, uh, lots of flavorings that um, come in the jewels. And um, the other issue is that jewels actually on, uh, use social media to market their product. And we know that lots of kids are on social media. So that is a clever marketing strategy um, that's potentially encouraging the use of these products among our kids. We, we hear that uh, kids as young as 12 and 13 are, are smoking these e-cigarettes, but you have to be 18 years old to buy them. Exactly. Um, so let me give you some numbers. Mm -hmm. So in 2017, 1.5 million young people, young teens, were using e-cigarettes. In just one year, that number skyrocketed to 3.6 million. So the data shows that one in five middle schoolers are using these products, and one in three high school users uh, are using these products. So those are incredibly concerning numbers um, of, of young people using these e-cigarettes. And you're right. Um, what we're finding is that they can access these products through the stores in person, mm -hmm. um, and they can also buy them online. Um, and that's very unfortunate. Of course, if they're buying them online, no one at the other end is there to challenge your, uh, your age, the age restrictions. Exactly. Yeah. And um, another study has shown that um, parents are not talking to their kids about these products. Um, so kids... Mm -hmm think that their parents are might be okay with these products. So that's that's another issue is that not only are they able to access these products, um, but they're not having conversations with important people that could potentially tell them how hazardous these products are. What do they cost? Um, so I have a few products here that I bought, um, and the, the jewels themselves cost about $50. Um, so it's a pretty expensive habit 
Um, they're not cheap, um, but as you can imagine, kids can share these products. Um, they use a pod system, and the pods are about $20 each. Um, I think for a kid, for about three or four of them is what I ended up spending. So they're they're not cheap, and you know, so a parent could use that as a red flag if their kids are spending money and they don't know where this money is going. It could be that they're buying these products, so that could be a potential signal. The by the way, we have tweeted out a picture of the of the examples that you've brought in here. They are kind of sleek and tech looking, and you can understand because kids want to be cool, right? They do, and that's what they see a lot of on social media. Is they're seeing their peers using these products, um, talking about how cool and fun they are. They can hide them from their parents and hide them from teachers, and even use them in classes um, while they're in school. I don't quite understand how that works because there is a, a vapor. It's not smoke, but something is coming out of out of this. You're absolutely right. However, um, the jewels switched to a, a use of nicotine salts versus uh, free-based nicotine, which is found in regular e-cigarettes. Um, and so the plume or the vapor that comes out of it is actually pretty discreet. So it's not a huge puff of smoke. It's It's um, they're able to conceal it a bit better with the jewels. I've seen uh, some literature indicating that this, the vapors actually uh, can be can quite uh, be quite dangerous. That they they contain chemicals uh, and chemicals and metals that can be a problem. Yes, you're absolutely right. So we have to keep in mind these products have only been on the market for about 10 years and jewels for probably five or less. Um, so we don't know the long-term health effects of these products. Again, when we say healthier than cigarettes, mm -hmm. they're not burning tobacco. So there um, are studies that are suggesting they're healthier than cigarettes, but the concern is that they are not healthy products, especially because of the nicotine um, that, that individuals can get addicted to. And then yes, in terms of the chemicals that are in these um, products, you know, they vary so much and regulations are yeah. relatively loose. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a mystery what the long-term health effects are. Um, and that is, you know, concerning because yeah. it, we could certainly find out um, that lungs are impacted negatively um, by the use of these products. It's kind of a good news, bad news kind of situation. I, my understanding is that cigarette smoking is down among young people because of the of the uh, of the e-cigarettes. Yes, uh, I've also heard. Well, let me stop you there okay, because okay, by all means. Uh, yes, because the e-cigarettes. Okay, so smoking is down. However, what we're finding out is that if a a young person uses e-cigarettes, they're six times more likely to engage in uh, other tobacco use. So that is really high. So what? So smoking is down, but we want to keep young people away from the use of these e-cigarettes because that then um, sets them at very high risk to engage in other tobacco product use, including regular cigarettes. It's my understanding that, uh, however, these e-cigarettes are useful in keeping adults from smoking. Right. Yes. So that's that's the um, key is that for keeping adults, for, for smokers who are trying to um, quit their tobacco habit, right? E-cigarettes can be helpful. However, there's also some studies that show that um, some people that are experiencing difficulties quitting, e uh, quitting regular cigarettes um, might be using both of the products. So for some adults, it might work. 
Um, but for other people who use both of the products, e-cigarettes and re- regular cigarettes, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not as helpful. So we kind of have to learn more, you know, about how best to use these products to uh, refrain or to quit from regular cigarette use. What kinds of studies are going on? I imagine there's a lot of interest in the medical community and uh, scientific uh, community, science community. Uh, to find out what the uh, effects will be. I, I, I've heard that there, there's concern that it could have some impact on the brain, for instance. Right, especially for young people whose brains, their brains are developing at a very rapid pace. There is concern that these e-cigarettes um, could change the wiring of people's brains, uh, young people's brains. And what that could lead to are problems with cognition, with learning, with memory, and also other uh, mental health problems. So those are the questions questions that researchers are interested in are, you know, what are the impacts of these products on young people's brains, especially? Mm-hmm. Um, for older people like you and me, you know, maybe it's less uh, of an impact because our brains are already developed. But young people whose brains are developing quickly, um, you know, there there is an issue with what these products, uh, how they could negatively impact the developing brain. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems that I've read that young brains aren't fully developed until people are in their early 20s. 20s. Is this one of the reasons or part of the reason why young people, I don't want to say prone to addiction, but a lot of young people do become addicted to different things at a young age? Right. Well, certainly um, our brains are, are continuing to develop until about age 25. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're absolutely right in terms of the, the wiring of the brain and starting a substance that um, could potentially lead to addiction. So if we're thinking about middle schoolers using um, jewels and e-cigarettes, and they're already they're they're primed for nicotine addiction. Um, the concern is that what other substances will um, they initiate? Um, so it's not only that. Um, these products can lead to mm-hmm. nicotine addiction, but there's also studies that show that other substance use behaviors are more common among individuals who start using these products. By the same token, we're reading today that drug use and uh, and alcohol abuse uh, are down among young, uh, amongst young people. Yes, it is. We're we're seeing some great progress. So um, alcohol use, illicit drug use. Um, has gone down over the last 20 years. So we are doing quite well with keeping our young people away from um, harmful substances. Um, the e-cigarettes are taking us by surprise. So we, um, there is concern about how potentially young people who use tobacco products, did that prompt them to engage in other problem substance use behaviors? Well, if that's the case, then we're starting to see these e-cigarettes become more popular. Will that then um, negatively impact all of the progress that we've made to keep young people off of other substances? Um, but you, you are right. We are at a great time right now with kids not using harmful substances. We really have seen a lot of progress. Except you can smoke marijuana with e-cigarettes. <laughs> well, with and marijuana. they're doing it. Yes, they are. Um, you can have marijuana in e-cigarettes. Um, marijuana use has stayed pretty steady. Um, while binge drinking has gone down, Ill- other illicit drug use has gone down, 
marijuana use is staying pretty steady among mm-hmm. young people. Um, and e-cigarettes are uh, one way that you can ingest marijuana. So yes, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have to take a break. I'm going to do that now because we have a number of people who are already calling in to ask questions of your doctor. So we'll take that break now and come back. Uh, the folks that are on the line, please wait. We'll be back in a minute or so. We're talking about e-cigarettes and their impact on young people today and their overall impact, if you will. Stay with us. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by Lindenwood University's Hammond Institute for Free Enterprise, examining market approaches to help solve economic and social issues. Hammond.Institute. Now back to our conversation with Dr. Patricia Cabazos-Reg of Washington University. We're talking about uh, vaping and e-cigarettes, and we have some callers that I'd like to get into the conversation. Let's go with Samantha, who's calling from Hanley Hills. Samantha, thank you for waiting. You're on the air. Hi, Don. Um, I would just like to say a couple things. Um, I smoked for 20 years. I'm an adult. I'm 37 years old. And the Juul was the only thing that enabled me to quit. I guess it's a different kind of nicotine. It's nicotine salt instead of like a nicotine oil, like the traditional e-cigs were. And for some reason, it just it felt more like regular smoking. Um, I'd have to say that the doctor is, is she was correct that it, Jewel used to have, you know, fun flavors like fruit medley and cool cucumber, but I guess they voluntarily discontinued those um, because of pressure that maybe there was uh, some sort of an appeal to youngsters. Um, that actually is really, I'm afraid it's going to affect me in a negative way. Um, I have always used the mango or the fruit medley jewel pods, and now I can't get them anymore. In the last couple of months, like, they're nowhere to be found. Um, and I hate the tobacco-flavored ones, and I and I don't want to go back to smoking cigarettes, but I, I find that I just don't, I don't know. I've found that when I'm around friends who smoke, I'm a lot more likely now to like bum a cigarette and I don't I don't want to do that. I apparently there are like aftermarket jewel pods you can get that are flavored, but um I haven't tried that yet. But I don't know. I, I just would like to, you know, let the doctor know that yes, I completely understand um that we don't want kids to get addicted to nicotine and I'm sure that kids that are introduced to e cigs are probably more likely to smoke later on, but um Jewel was specifically and the advertisements are specifically geared towards people like me, adults you know, smokers who want to quit. And um, because of Juul, I've been, you know, haven't smoked for two years, um, started backsliding in the last month, but hopefully I can kind of curtail that. But um, that's all I got. Thank you so much, Don. Thanks, Samantha. Yeah, congratulations, Samantha. I I just want to congratulate you. I I know it's tough um, to quit smoking, so um, you're doing an awesome job. And, um, you know, I, I hear what you're saying that, you know, you want to continue on your, your recovery path. And I, I get that. So I think we just need to kind of figure out, you know, how to balance um, the the benefits of these products with still keeping them away from non-smokers and kids especially. Um, and so the regulations are going to, you know, have to be, um, be made um, so that we can keep them away from kids. I mean, I think that it's that simple of a solution, um, but we're not there yet. We don't have these these policies in place um, yet. And I, it just came as a shock, I think, to um, a lot of folks, uh, FDA in particular, in terms of how 
um, popular these products became among among kids. Um, so you know now they're cracking down pretty quickly. Um, so I, I think that you know you you'll. Uh, you know, the more that we hear about the benefits of these products and the stricter we are from keeping them away from our kids, I, th- I think we'll be okay. Um, but we need to find that balance. You say they're cracking down. Who is cracking down? Well, uh, as um, Samantha was saying, right, so now there's concern, especially with the Jules company, in terms of, you know, how they are marketing these products, um, the types of fruit flavors or different flavorings that might be appealing to kids. So flavorings are not allowed in uh, regular cigarettes and that's because there were a way for kids to be introduced to these products right so you can't get different flavors of, of cigarette products and so I th- um, imagine that that is what is happening now with these e-cigarette products is let's in order to keep the kids away from them we have to stop the flavorings and so you know in the last few months these policies are are coming into place and um, it's in part driven by the Surgeon General, FDA, and other health professionals who are seeing these numbers, you know, skyrocket among kids. Well, the FDA is not necessarily known for moving quickly on such right. things. But I do think some of the, the companies that are selling these products don't want to be um, known, you mm. know, for for being you know, uh for making these products accessible to young people. Mm. So it could be the stores themselves are hearing these messages and, and are choosing to take action now. So you're, you're absolutely right, and things are not, traditionally they don't move that quickly, but because this is now being seen as a public health epidemic among young people, you know, that's gonna cause some action. Yeah. One of the local television stations did a piece last night or the night right. before, maybe you're aware of that, mm-hmm. undercover, uh, trying to determine who was selling without asking yes. for IDs and that sort of thing. Yes. And they went to 10 different outlets, and I think five of them didn't ask for an ID for these uh, for these uh, reporters. Right. So that's part of the problem. That That's certainly going to um, cause shifts in how these products are, um, are being sold and, and how kids are accessing them. Yeah. Um, and rightfully so. But I do, you know, want to, um, you know, mention that what Samantha is saying is, is true. We don't want to stop um, smokers who are trying to quit from, from, you know, getting the benefits off of these products. So finding out that balance is, is going to be key. I'm going to go back to the phones, but I want to give the numbers. I don't believe I gave them earlier, and I should have. 382-8255 is the number. That translates to 382-TALK. You can also send us an email to talk at stlpublicradio.org, or if you would prefer to send a tweet, do so at STL on air. So Susan has been very patiently waiting on the east side, so let's take her call right now. Go ahead, Susan. Oh, thank you. Um, I know of a parent who, uh, the evening I was visiting, did a lot of vaping um, before supper. Uh, And, um, well, um, and the two little children, well, the boy has just gone to, uh, just gone to school, started going to school, and he's been put on Ritalin. And I wondered how much, you know, how much escapes in the vaping. I mean, they were, you know, vaping at home, you know, lots of vaping at home. And, um, you know, in the winter months, there's just not a whole lot of fresh air around, I guess. You're concerned about secondhand smoke, if you will, or secondhand vapors? Is that yeah, it, Susan? They, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and especially on little kids. And this little kid's been, now he's put on Ritalin. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see if uh, the doctor thinks there's a connection. Thanks for the call. 
Well, again, as I mentioned earlier, we don't quite know all the negative consequences associated with these products, but there is concern about the secondhand uh, exposure to the vapors. So that is a legitimate concern in terms of you know what impact it has for other people who are around vapors. Um, but we the research is not quite clear yet on how much of a negative impact it has. But that has been expressed as an as an issue of these products. There are, we talked a, a little while ago about the potential impact on the brain. There's also some concern about uh, impact on the heart and blood vessels. Yes, there is. Well, especially with nicotine being a stimulant. And that's what stimulants do, is they get the body, they get the mind ready for um, action, physical action, mental action. And so with the nicotine being a stimulant, um, that is what the, the potential impact is, you know, increased heart rate, increased blood pressure. Um, so, so for sure with the nicotine, that could be um, one of those negative impacts is, is what it's doing to the heart. Did these e-cigarettes uh, come into the marketplace primarily to help people to stop smoking? Well, they are marketed as such. Um, and I think that led to the misconception that they're healthy. Mm-hmm. While they are healthier, um, yeah. while the research, again, it's it's not totally conclusive, but there are suggestions that show that it is healthier than regular cigarettes. We, we I think that the message that we need to let kids know is that they're not, that doesn't mean that they're healthy. What I don't get is if they're marketed then to uh, stop people from smoking, why do they have a nicotine base? I mean, it would seem to me that that's counterintuitive. Well, so they're they're healthier because um, it's not a uh, they're not burning tobacco. You know, so it's not a combustible um, tobacco product. So you're getting away from all of the chemicals. There's tons of chemicals in regular um, cigarette products and regular tab- tobacco products, and these. Vapors do have, and e-cigarettes do have less chemicals, but they still have chemicals, right? And we still need to know a lot more about these products. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the marketing kind of took off with it, you know, them being um, the healthier choice. But they're still addictive. They are. Yes, they are. (laughs) By by far, they are certainly addictive. Let's take another call. Suzanne is joining us from St. Charles. Suzanne, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, how are you? Great. You know, we... We, with this whole vaping thing, just like alcohol, there needs to be rules. And the store owner that is selling the vape product should then be responsible for checking the ID of somebody that could possibly be underage, whether that be 18 in St. Charles or St. Louis City or 21 in St. Louis County. I don't think we, there's no reason for everything to be off the market because kids are getting a hold of it. They don't quit making Budweiser because it gets in the hand of kids. You know, it's no different Mm -hmm. than anything else that's meant for adults. Thanks, Suzanne. (laughs) Yes, Suzanne, you're correct. I mean, we need to set some rules and we need to have regulations and we need to have enforcement of those rules and regulations and policies. And, um, you know, that these policies need to be put in place, but they also need to be followed. Um, So I agree with you is that, um, you know, we need to make sure that the people who are adults are accessing these products versus kids who we saw last night on the news, you know, are able to access these products. So as long as we have those regulations in place, and they are, in fact, being enforced, then, you know, the kids should not be able to access them. That's, that's 
hopeful, but we also know that kids access alcohol uh, relatively easy. So, you know, we we need to have rules at home um, and parents need to get involved and also know the potential harm of these products. So that way, you know, they can set those rules at home as well. One of our listeners has emailed asking a question about the potential for these things exploding. Do they? Can they? Um, so it is, it's been out there on the news that these products do explode, and that's another harmful consequence. Um, it's pretty rare, but it can, in fact, happen. So, yes, um, that is another, uh, you know, added on to the another, another potential consequence. However, it is quite rare is what I've heard. It sounds bad. <laughs> it sounds, well, that's scary. The word explosion, that, is, it is yes, a little bit scary. <laughs> uh, let's uh, bring in Nick calling from University City. Go ahead, Nick. You're on the air. I was wondering if, uh, yep, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yep, I was wondering if there's data that shows it would be worth regulating the pod-based salt nicotine devices differently from the free-based nicotine devices, especially in regards to rates of teenagers using them. Right. So, so what Nick is getting at is that these um, the pod system, you know, there are high levels of uh, nicotine, concentrated nicotine in the pods. Um, and one of these pods, which is actually quite small, has as much nicotine as a whole pack of cigarettes. Um, so it would make sense to um, regulate that pod system, um, regulate joules. And that's where um, I have heard that there's crackdown um, to do that, to do in fact that. And and I think the other thing with the, this, the joules, too, is they don't sell um, products without nicotine. So that's not yet on the market. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that that would be another way is um, to help this epidemic is to, you know, offer lower levels of nicotine within the system, this pod systems, or also have them non-nicotine within the pod system. But yeah, I agree that some regulation needs to happen. Again, they recently came on the market. We've got these numbers that they're they're incredibly popular now among teens. And I do think that we are going to see some regulations Mm -hmm. now coming into play because people are becoming very aware um, of this issue among young people. So I think we'll see that. How long do the pods last? Well, it depends on, you know, how, on the user. But so the difference between using free base um, nicotine, which is a free base um, nicotine with these regular e-cigarettes versus the nicotine salts is that the jewels using nicotine salts actually delivers a smooth hit. So it's very easy to um, inhale the vapor versus regular cigarettes, it feels a bit harsh. So what, what I'm, the reason that I'm saying that is because when it becomes easier to ingest, um, you're going to do it more. If you enjoy the feeling of the nicotine, if it's easier to use these types of um, e-cigarettes, then it will happen um, quite often. So what I have heard is when this does become a habit, people can end up spending about 200 bucks a month you know, to keep that habit going, which is incredibly expensive. But part of that is because they become addicted to the, the nicotine, and it's also delivering a smooth hit, which is different from traditional e-cigarettes. If you're a non-smoker, um, the regular e-cigarettes do feel a bit more harsh than, than the Jules. Yeah. We have a tweet here uh, in which the question is being asked, Juul is being discounted as a harm reduction tool. It seems to me that this is similar to abstinence-only sex education. Youth have sex and youth smoke. Let's use tools to help them not smoke. 
Well, I mean, so I think what that tweet is getting at is that we we really need to um, educate ourselves and educate our young people. So there was a study done uh, asking kids what they thought were in these products. Um, 70% of the kids thought it was just flavoring. They had no idea that nicotine was Mm -hmm. in these um, products. And when we talked earlier about how substance use has gone down, um, potentially one reason why is because kids know more about why these substances are harmful. So if we give more education to young people, if we give education to parents, you know, that's another way to stop this behavior from happening. If kids know what's in the products, you know, maybe they won't, they'll know more why they shouldn't initiate use of them. Do you have some specific advice for parents to uh, to stop this with their kids? Yeah, well, I mean, the biggest thing is for parents to um, start some dialogue with their kids, you know, ask their kids about these products and what they know about these products. Um, kids are seeing you know, their peers use these products on social media. Um, and as we as parents need to find out more about that. Um, we need to find out, you know, if they're using these products, what they know about them, and then we need to provide education um, and tell the kids that they're, you know, they're not completely um, harmless and, um, you know, they shouldn't be used. There are risks involved. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can, you know, play an active role in educating our young people about them. A final thought with regard to what all of us should know about this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing is just tackling that misconception that um, these products are okay to use. They're, they might be healthier. Again, they might be healthier mm. than regular cigarettes, but they are by no means healthy. And I think if we can spread that message and be more aware and knowledgeable about that, um, then I think our young people are smart, too, and they will understand why um, they're, they shouldn't initiate use of these these products. Well, we've gone full cycle in our conversation. Then <laughs> We started with the term healthier, and we'll wind up with the term okay. healthier. Thank you so much, Dr. Patricia Cavazos-Reg of Washington University. Thank you so much for being with us. Most informative. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.